Hello everyone, I wish you a very warm welcome back to our podcast. And uh, before we start, I would just like to share something with you on a side note. So while I was preparing this podcast episode for this week and while I was writing the script, I could not stop thinking about how the political world would be if it was a high school and like what role each country would play in that. So for example, uh, the US would be that really popular guy that you know, Ukraine maybe has a crush on and is waiting for a phone call or at least a text back. But that popular guy is just busy with some other stuff and so that call never comes. And then of course you have the, <laughs> this big fat bully who's stealing everyone's lunch money and spreading rumors and is trying to even tell the teacher some lies and thinks he'll get away with it. So in that case, of course, I'm thinking about Russia as the big fat bully and uh, yeah, maybe the UN as a teacher. And uh, yeah, in case you are confused about this comparison, um, just keep listening to this podcast and I think you'll hear some of this week's stories. Um, I think then you'll understand where I'm coming from. But anyways, I'm Rika and this is a podcast of Promote Ukraine and this series is called Ukraine Up to Date. And we bring out this podcast every week where we put together the most interesting, relevant and important topics and events about Ukraine and talk a little bit about it. So in case you want to stay on top of things that are happening in and around Ukraine, do not worry, we keep you up to date. And without further ado, let's start with Speak Hot Topics. Joe Biden has been the president of the United States for almost two months already. This period has been full of very intense activities due to the need to change the White House team, as well as the urgent necessity to clear a backlog left by its predecessor. Of course, Ukraine realizes that it's not a top priority for the American administration, but the fact that the US president has not called Vladimir Zelensky during all this time raises questions of ardent supporters of the Ukrainian president and causes delight of his opponents. Interestingly, these circumstances coexist with a widespread belief in Ukraine that the activity of the National Security and Defense Council, which has intensified significantly after Biden's inauguration, is encouraged directly by Washington. Again, in the eyes of the supporters of the servants of the people, this indicates a special relationship between Zelensky and the American leadership, while critics see it as a lack of independence of the Ukrainian leadership. It is as if without direct instruction from the United States, the President and the National Security and Defense Council would not have come up with the idea of a broad offensive against Russian agents of influence in Ukraine and would not have dared to launch it. We have to agree that Ukraine would really feel calmer if Joe Biden showed a special commitment to the strategic partnership, finding time in his busy schedule to call Kiev. Vladimir Zelensky, who is still not a very experienced head of state, needs the support of the most experienced politician, the leader of the superpower who is also well-versed in uh, Ukrainian affairs. Moreover, Ukraine is at the forefront of Russia's confrontation, which, as Biden's headline-making interview with the ABC once again shows, will be an important part of the White House policy. Here, Putin is a killer in the truest sense. However, in order to act in the spirit of Biden, I'd say, you don't have to wait for your own steps to be in agreement with the American president. The very change in the US leaderships uh, gives good reasons for Ukrainian politics to become more decisive. If Donald Trump was not very interested in Ukraine and the issues that were interesting to him primarily caused irritation, 
well, we must not forget the reasons for the first impeachment. Well, uh, the new president promised during the election campaign that America would return to Europe as an active player, restore and strengthen allied relations with NATO and the EU. It was said more than once that Russia would have to pay the price for the things that Trump forgave. On the other hand, Joe Biden remembered during his vice presidency as a consistent fighter against corruption in Ukraine. We do not need to have a great imagination to understand his priorities in the policy towards Ukraine. We can and should start working already without delay. Of course, it is unfortunate that Ukraine needs additional external incentives for a coherent policy, but this state of affairs is understandable given the institutional weakness and chronic political illness. In addition to have greater determination in the issues concerning Russia, we need to be sure that Ukraine will not be left alone with the enemy with which outnumbers Ukraine in military terms. Joe Biden has just begun his presidential term. He has not given a call, not to mention a meeting with Volodymyr Zelensky, which is delayed until uncertain dates. And Ukrainian politics has already experienced significant changes. There is every reason to believe that once his team works at full capacity, changes in Ukraine will become more systemic. Actually, a strategic partner is needed exactly for this purpose. Iran's civil aviation organization released the final report on the circumstances of the crash of Ukraine International Airlines passenger plane in January 2020. As Reuters reports, the document states that the plane was shut down due to a mistake by the air defense operator, which identified the plane as a hostile target. Canada's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Mark Ganot, criticized the report, saying that the document does not answer critical questions and appears incomplete. The ministers promised that Canada would soon disclose the results of its own investigations. According to him, there are still no answers as to why Iran did not put in place the necessary measures, such as a full closure of their airspace, to prevent such a tragedy. Minister of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine, Dmitry Kuleba, also expressed dissatisfaction with Iran's report. The minister regards the report as a cynical attempt to hide true causes of the downing of the aircraft. Kuleba said, I quote, we are forced to conclude that the investigation has been biased, presented proofs are selective, and conclusions are deceptive. The document does not cover all the circumstances. It does not reveal either the causes of the tragedy nor the chain of events that led to it. This is not a report but a collection of manipulations aimed not at establishing the truth, but acquitting the Islamic Republic of Iran. At the same time, the International Coordination and Response Group for the Victims of Flight PS752 underscored in a joint statement that it would continue to seek accountability and transparency from Iran for this tragedy and justice for the victims. Um, the statement reads, I quote, We, ministers representing Afghanistan, Canada, Sweden, Ukraine and the United Kingdom, have taken note of the release of the Islamic Republic of Iran's final safety investigation report into the downing of Ukraine International Airlines Flight 752. As noted, the coordination group countries will now carefully review this report and its findings. And uh, yeah, as a reminder, uh, Ukraine International Airlines plane crashed in the sky near Tehran on the 8th of January, 2020. All 176 people on board, 
including uh, nine crew members and 167 passengers died, unfortunately. The Ukrainian authorities plan to allow second citizenship of the European Union and other friendly countries. The Russian Federation cannot be on the list of admitted countries. Deputy Minister of Ukraine, Minister for the Temporarily Occupied Territories, Alexei Reznikov, said, and I quote, A limitation is important. The second citizenship of the aggressor-occupier country, which is Russia today, there are no other such countries in relation to Ukraine on planet Earth, cannot be included in the list which allows the possibility of the second citizenship. Well, according to him, the introduction of dual citizenship will allow Ukrainians who have left for other countries to integrate into the new society while maintaining ties with the homeland. As a reminder, President of Ukraine Volodymyr Zelensky recently enacted the decision of the National Security and Defense Council on dual citizenship. According to the document, the Cabinet of Ministers jointly with the Central Election Commission and the Security Service of Ukraine should make an inventory and analyze the legislation of Ukraine on the issues related to dual or multiple citizenship within two months. On the 17th of March, the permanent mission of the Russian Federation to the United Nations held an event dedicated to the situation in the temporarily occupied Crimea. The event pursued a propagandist objective, namely to spread false narratives about the situation of the Crimean Peninsula. Or, in other words, the big fat bully is back at it again to spread false information. Uh, this technology is already known. Russian propagandists triumphantly report that they allegedly managed to break through the information blockade. Um, at the same time, the facts suggest otherwise, of course. The results of the discussion reiterated Russia's continued isolation, the unity of the majority of UN Security Council member, in support of Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity within its internationally recognized borders, condemnation of the temporary occupation of Crimea and human rights violations committed by the occupation administration on the peninsula. The stance expressed by uh, the partners allowed Ukrainian citizens in Crimea to assure themselves of the unwavering and strong support on part of the UN Security Council member states. It is important because Crimea stays in information isolation. Ukrainian online media outlets are blocked. The frequencies of Ukrainian TV channels and radio channels as well are illegally used by the Russian media. Russian media and official sources do not report on the events dedicated to the issue of Crimea, which are held by Ukraine and its foreign partners on international platforms, or inform about them in a distorted way. A clear example was the Area Formula meeting on the 12th of March, which had an unprecedented level of participation. Number of participants are consolidated position. The meeting practically was not covered by the Russian foreign ministry or the media. Well, by conveying a propagandist event, Russia discredited itself once again. And now a short update of uh, the Medvedchuk case. So Viktor Medvedchuk, uh, who is an MP from the opposition platform for Life Party and father of Vladimir Putin's godchild, appealed to the Supreme Court of Ukraine to challenge the presidential decree imposing sanctions on him. Um, I'll just quote the court's press service. 
On the 16th of March 2021, the Cassation Administration Court in the, within the Supreme Court received a lawsuit challenging the decree of the President of Ukraine, number 64, of the 19th of January 2021, on decision of the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine of 19th of February 2021, on application and amendments to personal, special, economic, and other restrictive measures, so sanctions, namely paragraph 7 of Appendix 1, if that tells you anything, <laughs> according to which sanctions are imposed on the plaintiff, citizen of Ukraine, Viktor Medvedchuk. And uh, as a quick reminder, on the 19th of February, the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine imposed sanctions on Viktor Medvedchuk, his wife Oksana Marchenko, and six more people. Secretary of the National Security and Defense Council, Alexei Danilov, stated that the sanctions were imposed over financing of terrorism. On the 2nd of February, the National Security and Defense Council imposed sanctions on uh, Taras Kozak, who is an MP from the Opposition Platform for Life Party, and a colleague of Viktor Medvedchuk. The five-year sanctions include blocking of 112 Ukraine, News One, and ZIG TV channels, which are owned by Kozak. The reason for the imposition of sanctions on Kazakh and the TV channels was the investigation of Ukraine's special services, which found that schemes of coal supplies from the occupied districts of the Donetsk and Luhansk regions contributed to financing of terrorism. The threats of the Russian Federation against Ukraine and future members of the Crimean platform are political bullying and yet another manifestation of the ongoing marginalization of Russian foreign policy. The Kremlin continues to use concepts that distort perception of reality. Spokesperson for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine, uh, Alek Nikolenko, said in response to the statements by Russia's foreign ministry, I quote, at the UN level, the actions of the Russian Federation in Crimea received a clear international legal definition, an act of aggression. Russia has no other status in Crimea than occupying power. Statements on enroaching on the territorial integrity of Russia is an example of a distorted perception of reality. The thief does not acquire legal ownership of a stolen thing. Russia's internationally recognized borders have long been known. They do not include Crimea and Sevastopol. Uh, he also added that the national strategy approved by the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine are the currently created Crimean platform aimed to bring efforts to deoccupy the peninsula on a systemic level. And as a reminder, Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman uh, Maria Zakharova called illegitimate any actions of Kiev to regain control over Crimea. She stated that all Kiev's efforts in this direction were illegitimate, post a threat of aggression against the two subjects of the Russian Federation and uh, shamelessly despise international law. According to uh, Zakharova, Russia will consider the participation of any countries and organizations in such actions, including the Crimean Platform Initiative, as an unfriendly step towards Russia and a direct encroachment of its territorial integrity. So that was it again with this week's podcast. As usual, make sure to share your thoughts with us and we would be very happy to hear your feedback so we can just keep improving this podcast for you. If you want to have more information on Ukraine-EU-Russia relations and uh, if you want to read other articles, you can visit promoteukraine.org. 
And also, if you haven't done so yet, follow us on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and anywhere you can think of. Uh, you can find us everywhere under the name, yeah, you can guess it, Promote Ukraine. But for now, I wish you a wonderful start into the week, and I'll see you next week with some fresh and new information.